Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome, listeners. It is uh, May 27th, 2014, and uh, I am Ursula Pottinger, and I'm here with my business partner and friend, Anne Betts, uh, and we are Be Above Leadership. And today, we are talking about um, Dr. David Hawkins, who was an inspiration to us many, 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 many years ago. And I am very excited to welcome you all. Hello, Anne. How are you doing? Hi. I'm good, and I've been really looking forward to this call because we have, you know, we spend so much of our time in the neuroscience world, and the truth of the matter is the consciousness world is what's really closest to our hearts and where we, you know, spent all of our time until we discovered that neuroscience can help really provide some evidence for the the increase in consciousness. So it's fun to be it's fun to be revisiting um, Dr. David Hawkins, who has passed away a couple of years ago, and is just a I think one of the for us one of the true. Um, you know, there's a few people who uh, I think are just really. I don't know, iconic for the last century or uh, inspirational, uh, transformational for the world. And he's really one of them. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, if I think back, uh, uh, you know, our journey of the last 10, 12 years, um, he really has provided us with... um, he did provide us with the inspiration and also, I think, with the motivation to um, really dig deeper into, first of all, consciousness and then um, adding neuroscience, um, you know, particularly for uh, those that walk a spiritual path but also want to know a little bit more about what happens and how it happens. Yeah. That was really, um, that was really uh, fantastic. Well, let me, I I think, let me, yeah, let me tell a bit of the story about how Be Above came to be because this is how, you know, how David Hawkins comes into it and kind of where we've gone. Mm -hmm. Let me hit a couple of the highlights. So it, you know, it all goes back about, I don't know, 12 years ago or so, Mm -hmm. um, where, um, I was talking to a friend who was very upset about something, was upset about something politically, and and it, it was one of those moments where everything just gelled for me. All of what I'd been reading, I'd been reading a lot of Neil Donald Walsh at the time and some other sp- spiritual things, and it just gelled that, oh my goodness, the world is comprised of two energies, love and fear. And that was nothing new. Ursula had been reading the same at the time, but it was one of those things where you know, Ursula, the difference between when you know something and when you really get it? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say that uh, I think uh, um, in those days, really, all my reading was a reading inspired to finally get it. Um, but reading it um, and just, um, you know, reading it from a book and then practicing it really are two completely different things. Right, and and it was one of those moments where in the course of this conversation, and he was trying to figure out why something was going so badly, and I just got, oh my God, because these people are acting out of fear. And and so I, I called Ursula and I said, Eureka, you know, I found it. The world is love and fear. And she said, oh my God, yes, absolutely, you're right. It explains everything. And then she said this really cool thing, which was, and whatever you are being that's what you're going to get. And we went, 
dang, and, you know, did the head smack and said, this is huge. It was huge for us. <coughs> oh, oh, so many years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. Are you, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the um, and and again, uh, just um, just like uh, coming to this uh, insight that everything is either love or fear, and then feeling the truth. I think of at least for me of knowing that who you're being is what you're getting. Really, was was even one of those uh, thoughts and moments that I couldn't explain to you where it came from. I just yeah. knew that somehow it was the truth because I could look at my own life and see it unfold yeah. there. We had just like walloped headfirst into a huge universal truth and not in a conceptual way, but we, like we got it. So what we did is we, we started out really basically just with this model of love and fear and we said this is a great organizational development model and we had some wonderful friends who let us come in and do some brown bag lunches and guinea pigs around love and fear. And we worked with this model for, I want to say it wasn't very long, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And there was tons of resonance. People really got it. And I said to Ursula, after we'd been working with it for about six months to, the, to a year, I said to her, you know, we were just looking at the energies of love and the energies of fear. And I said, here's the problem. Anger isn't the same as sadness. And, you know, what's Mm -hmm. the hierarchy? And I literally said to her, I need a map of consciousness. Those are the words. Well, about a month later, I went off to a course, a fabulous course called Radical Forgiveness. And I'm sitting in the class, and we're, you know, into a few hours. And he says, I want to share with you a map of consciousness from Dr. David Hawkins. And I just about fell out of my chair. I called (laughs) Ursula as soon as I got home and said, the thing I asked for. The angels are good. We just got it. There is a map. There's a bloody map. And that yeah, was I couldn't believe it. To, to yeah, I, yeah, I I just I could not believe it. I thought you were joking, but you yeah. were so excited. I realized uh, you know this was no joke. This was really um a very um a, a wonderful, joyful, as well as serious moment. I remember it very well. Um and then learning about Dr. Davis David Hawkins his map of consciousness, and also the book Power Versus Force that um, I think, um, was this his first one? I want to say this is the, was his first book and then yeah, many that's, others that's followed. His, that's his first book. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with, with um, Dr. Dave, let's give you a little background. So he was, a, he was an, he's an interesting guy. He'd had a, a major transformational, like sort of like Eckhart Tolle, one of those... God-given transformation, ascendant enlightenment moments early in his life that he'd never gotten over, and he basically became an enlightened being. And, and it's very similar to what happened to Eckhart Tolle, which I think is wonderful. It can, if it can happen to you, I'm still waiting for mine to come to me, but it hasn't yet. Most of us have to walk it, but he had this, and, right. and it enabled a lot of truth to come into him. He discovered the work of Dr. Diamond, who was one of the first chiropractors to to really use and write about kinesiology, muscle testing. Dr. Hawkins had an insight that if the body knows truth, and you can ask the body for truth around like what vitamins you need or what foods you might be allergic to by muscle testing, that the body must have an inherent ability to know truth. 
So he started a long-term research project, years and years and years, around assessing levels of awareness, levels of vibration, levels of consciousness. We also call them levels of effectiveness. And that is his map of consciousness based in scientific research around kinesiology. So I just need to yeah, jump ahead the, for hang on, just let me jump yeah. ahead just for a second. Yeah. Um sorry, but I, I want to make a connection that we're gonna come back to. So where we have then gone be above leadership. So Dr. David made the connection to Dr. Diamond <laughs> with with the kinesiology. We have then gone and said, All right, what is the neuroscience and biochemical um uh evidence for this and that's where our work builds on, just for you guys to know, and we'll talk more about that, that's our work then builds on the work of Dr. David Hawkins, takes it to the next level. Yes. Yeah, I just want to say uh, uh, one more thing about uh, Dr. Hawkins. Um, he was uh, he was a physician, and he at one point actually had the largest... Um, uh, the, the largest practice in the United States. Uh, this was before he, you know, uh, you know, became an author and uh, then went on to uh, look at uh, consciousness and enlightenment. Uh, but I do remember in his book, um, one of his books, he talking uh, for him to talk about, you know, really. Uh, eliminating human suffering that really mm. was his thing and not mm. only on a physical um on a physical level but really um his passion was to alleviate human pain and distress yeah. as well you know physical as well as um spiritual and emotional so i i find it you know fascinating yeah that uh, he was he was a busy guy. <laughs> he, he was he was a really he was a, he was an, an enlightened being and, and a true and a true gift to this world with with his thinking. And I remember when we first encountered the map of consciousness and got his book and started pulling it apart and looking at it, that it you know it was for me it was the thing I had looked for my whole life. Like my heart had come yeah. home in a way I never thought possible. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And so, Dr. And, Hawkins. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, and, and so, you know, this has been a real passion for us for the last, I think we're probably at about 12 years now since we first encountered mm -hmm. it, um, because one of the challenges we found, and you can find this if you read his books, and the great one to start with is Power Versus Force, one of the challenges in his particular place that he holds in the sort of the, the lineage of teaching is to explain the levels. And he does it uh -huh. beautifully. He has tons of books. He tells you all about the levels. What we very quickly realized he didn't do very much is tell you how to move from one level to another other than by being present, which is ultimately mm -hmm. sort of what everything comes down to, that presence, you know, there's no way out, but through being present really is the shift. So... I think as much for our own growth and fascination as any other reason, Ursula, we just started creating tools for shifting. 
Yes. Well, I think that uh, certainly if I look at, uh, you know, the two, the two of us, uh, you know, f- from the big picture, I think one of our biggest values has always been to make uh, anything uh, practical and, and applicable. People have to um, introduce it and, and be with it in their, in their daily life. Otherwise, uh, it's not useful. Right. Right, and I think there are people whose, you know, this is no criticism at all of Dr. David Hawkins. You know, that was the point, that was the role he was here to play, was to tell us what it is. What is consciousness? It's not, you know, there are different hallmarks at different levels of consciousness. And then there are, you know, it's up to some of us to take that torch and say, okay, good, how do we help people get there? So, yes. you know, this has been an unwavering focus of Be Above Leadership uh, for twelve for twelve years, and only in the last four years have we then brought neuroscience into it. And so that's a little bit about our background and how we got here. And boy, there were many adventures and false paths <laughs> along the way, <laughs> <laughs> and many many people who you know supported uh, us both uh, the initial yeah. work and uh, and of course uh, of course now. Well, um, do you want to have a look at the seven levels then from that perspective of yeah, how wanna, uh, this fits in? Yeah, I want to do something else first, and then I think that would be a great place to go. The first thing I want to do, though, is I want to talk a little bit more big picture about mm-hmm. this ma- levels of human awareness, levels, and we we use the word effectiveness because effectiveness is such a profoundly delightfully neutral word, and so when you start <laughs> talking about consciousness or a vibration or awareness, people think that, you know, you should be wearing saffron robes and chanting, which, you know, we do on occasion. But <laughs> um, but when you say effectiveness, it has, it has a way of like, oh, like that can reach anyone. And that's why we use that word. That was some wonderful coaching by a friend of ours a number of years ago. Um, but we will say it's totally accurate because yeah. as we increase our consciousness, the, the the whole point is we increase our effectiveness. Yes, absolutely. And this is where um, that uh, which you are being is, is, is sorry, I'm, I'm a little, uh, so just if I'm stuttering a little, little bit this lag. morning, it is because I am somewhat jet-lagged. I've yeah. been up since 4.30 and I'm beginning, my brain is beginning to fizzle out a little bit. So, <laughs> But okay. what I'm wanting to but what I'm wanting to say is that that really effectiveness really is about that which you are being are the results that you are creating. So it stands, you know, it, it, it's logical that the higher your vibrational energy, the higher the level of con- consciousness, the more effective you are right. because you are being a different person. What we create, a, right? Exactly, and that's your brain is actually doing just fine. What we <laughs> what we create out of love. <laughs> brings loving results into the world what we create out of fear creates more fear absolutely no question bottom line true you know one of the um, places that I really saw this by the way this was a huge learning for me was when I got divorced about five years ago and I had thought that I was just coming from love and coming from forgiveness and no matter what was going on I really tried to forgive and tried to understand and all of this and even so I couldn't make it work. I couldn't find the love between us. And I was thinking, gosh, I'm, you know, I said to Ursula, geez, 
you know, either something's wrong here, you know, like the model doesn't work. <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> well, because the other thing we say is that the love, power versus force, power, effectiveness, mm-hmm. we have more power the more we come from love. And so I'm thinking to myself, dang it, I'm coming from love. I should be able to shift this thing. I should be able to bring him into my energy field. Well, it was about a year after the divorce that, again, one of those aha moments hit me over the head, and I realized that the truth was I hadn't been coming from love. I had been coming from Mm. fear. My fear Mm -hmm. was his displeasure. My fear was his annoyance. My fear was his emotional state, and I was tiptoeing around trying to make it nice. And that was a huge, I'm so grateful for that learning, that sort of being nice and being, even sometimes being kind, isn't really the power and ferocity and effectiveness of love. Mm -hmm. That love can have some teeth to it, and that if I had been coming from love, I would have stood up for myself more. I would have been more insistent about him getting the help that he needed. I would have been much more of a force to be reckoned with instead of trying not to get him upset. That's not love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, fabulous yeah. learning. I got the results that I was being, not what I necessarily was hoping for or intending. Um, well, and I, I think that yeah, uh, looking uh, looking at, uh, you know, who we are being and really, really discovering what is our come from place is really not an easy thing to discover. No. So I, I, I know <laughs> you want to you you tie it in, um, uh, I know, to neuroscience, and I think that is actually where neuroscience is extremely helpful it certainly was is true for me that when when i learned about how the brain changes on higher levels of consciousness i suddenly became much clearer in discovering where i really am versus thinking that i know where i am yeah, and I, it's not necessarily where i am <laughs> i think that's great and i also remember a brilliant thing that you said early on which is that if you want to know who you're being Look in the mirror. Look at what the world is giving you. So if yeah, you look think at your you're life. being, look at your life, right? Exactly. So if what you mm-hmm. think is you're being so amazing and lovable and wonderful, not I'm not talking about every little moment. You know, I have a teenager, and sometimes he goes off, and you know. But if I look at our overall relationship, and I think, yeah, there's it's solid there. I can tell who I'm being is loving in that relationship. But if you, you know, it's like if you think you're being wonderful and loving and caring, but what you're getting is sort of instability around you, or you might want to look to see if you're really bringing love or if you're afraid of something. Yeah, and I I, am looking out. And I want to say to our listeners, this is not um, not a judgment call at all. I mean, it is just an incredibly um, difficult place of looking at your life, and, and particularly when the results are, you know, at best mixed, uh, yeah. to look at it and, and really say, well, I am, you know, I am being something that is showing me, uh, you know, certain uh, certain results. It takes a lot of courage and honesty yeah. and also curiosity. Yeah, I really love that you say it. It's it's We say every movement to the higher levels, to what we call the above-the-line levels, is a movement of courage. So one other big picture thing is that the levels, 
the seven levels, or David Hawkins has 17, we'll talk about it in a minute, there's simply an increase in energy. And it is a logarithmic progression. So mm-hmm. in other words, it's not one. So he did, his research is he did zero to 1,000. He just gave things a, an arbitrary, used an arbitrary numerical system of zero to 1,000. Um, with with you know zero being the lowest levels, um, the lowest levels of sort of human emotion. So if you increase one, if you go from a hundred to a hundred and one, you don't add one, you add a zero. So you have a mm-hmm. one followed by a hundred zeros. If you add, if you increase one point in consciousness, you get another zero. So it's really phenomenal the amount of energy that's different between 320. 20 is, you and, know, and one... It, let me just finish. 20 is yeah, a yeah. one followed by a one... So picture one followed by 20 zeros. 300 is a one followed by 300 zeros. That's the number. You can't even write it out. It takes too long. No, I, I just wanted ahead. to say... No, no, I just wanted to say to our listeners, if you want to really get the, that concept... Start writing out the zeros on a piece of <laughs> right. paper and just look at it right. because you're beginning to realize that, oh, my goodness, you know, five points on the scale. You know, it's not five points, but, you know, there's a, the whole ton it's, of zeros um, a, five, appearing in front of you. Right. It's five zeros, which means it's times, ten, times 50. Or it's, yep. it's each, each zero at, multiplies it by ten. So it's extraordinary, yeah. and that's why he calls this power versus force, that the higher levels have this power where force is not needed. At the lower levels, you need force. At the upper levels, you just have this power, which is why they often seem like magic. Things just mm-hmm. come to you that you need. Yes. Um, it's also, the, the other thing that we would say it's, is it's also like, we use, I love to use the analogy of um, a, a glass of water or turning light on in the room. So as we increase in energy, um, you could imagine that the lower levels, and we'll talk about those in just a minute, what they are, the lower levels are like dirty water. You start out with a glass yeah. of clean, you know, we are by nature this clean water, these, you know, beautiful beings. And at the lower levels, the water is very dirty and toxic, and that's why they're not effective. And as you increase in energy, what happens is you just lose less, you lose some of the mud. You just get less and less mud, and the water becomes cleaner and cleaner and more and more back to its natural state of purity. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and it's... uh, uh, So, should I just... um, quickly say what the below and the above the, the below the line and the above the line levels are um on our um map on our let's, what yeah, we so lovingly with, call the ladder yeah let's start with the low below the line and then we'll walk a bit through david hawkins and what they include so what are the three below the line ursula so the three below the line are hopelessness fear and frustration. So let's stop there and um, uh, talk about those four first, and then we'll talk about the four above the line levels in a minute. Great. So what we've got, in, in according to David Hawkins, and if you look at his book, and you can certainly make some notes around this, what we really feel is that the level of hopelessness includes his first four levels, which goes from 20 
Again, this is a scale, a logarithmic scale of 0 to 1,000. goes from level 20 to level 75. And that's shame, guilt, apathy, and grief. They all of those come together in the field that at, the, at B above we call hopelessness. Because they and, uh, all have a similar yeah, I wanna, energy. Right, and I'm glad you said the word energy because I really want to encourage our listeners to really feel themselves into these in this into this energy field, particularly when you you know mention Dr. David Hawkins' different levels of shame, of guilt, of really feeling what is the energy of those. Um, of those states, what is it like when we uh, when we ex- exist here? So I want to say something about grief very quickly because uh, grief, by itself, by in 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 itself, is a very um, natural and and needed emotion. When we lose some something or somebody, um, we are going you know we are going through stages of grief. Now, what I want to say about every level, is that at this moment in time on this call, we talk about this level being the level where people live in, not an area where there is grief or an area where there is hopelessness or where there is an area of guilt, but really at the purest form of living, this is where people are. Yeah, and and again, the other really fascinating thing is that the levels are inclusive. And so it's also this is not about an either or. In fact, one of the things that, you know, we we find sort of personally frustrating and will bring us below the line is people who who think that it's all about it's all good and let's just, you know, focus on the positive. What deep what we hold in terms of, you know, working our way to more awareness is that the more awareness, the more capacity to hold and be present to these natural human states. Um, mm-hmm. This also really points to that one of the things that we, that we say in our classes is that there are levels within the levels. So at the level of hopelessness, the lowest edge of this would be shame, and the highest edge would be grief, because mm-hmm. grief has a little more energy. Yes. Than shame. Um, yes. Let's go on and talk about our next level, which is fear. <laughs> right. <laughs> and David Yip hooray, <laughs> fear. So we've got two levels that we put into that one, which, which goes from 1 to 125 on the Hawkins scale. And that's his energy level of fear and the level of desire, which is sort of the level of addiction and craving. This is the craving, and it's very much motivated by fear. I might not get enough, and this is like desire from scarcity. So you can feel how both fear and scarcity have a very, very similar vibrational energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have found this very helpful, These uh, the distinction that fear not only includes um, you know this uh, emotion of anxiety and worry, but that the 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 craving and the wanting more and it, that, that it includes that. It's it's, it's been uh, it's been very helpful to me. Yeah, and I love this. I'm going to read from David Hawkins. He says this is from Power versus Force. Desire is obviously a much higher state than apathy or grief. For in order to get, you have to first have the energy to want. 
So it's, it can move us, it can be a spur, and can actually push people to do more because there's enough energy there. So again, in terms of levels within the levels, fear would be the lower edge of the level that we call fear, and desire would be the upper edge because it can move us into our next level. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say what is fascinating about this is that particular um, the, this this wanting and this wanting more really. Um, has a tendency to catapult people into the next level, which in our um, in our module is the level of frustration. Um, if you um, all think about uh, something that you've really been wanting and it's been elusive, and you know it's like, why is it not here? And yeah. what else can I do? That frustration level again has a lot more energy to really um, sometimes really move us into into action. Yeah, and so in our level of frustration, we go from 150 to 175, and we have anger and pride. And this is really important because this is a below-the-line pride. This is what they call, I think in neuroscience, hubristic pride. I think that's the term. So we get this anger, this frustration, resentment, and revenge um, There's a form of righteous anger that actually can take place in courage that actually can be part of courage. But this is really the revenge and um, uh, kind of let me get out to get someone. So Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. some distinctions there. There's also an above-the-line version of pride where it's um, more really feeling full of yourself, et cetera. Um, but that's in, a, in a good way, full of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Can you just talk about the, the difference between that and what the below-the-line pride is like? I think uh, pride very much uh, fits into this uh, fits into the comparison um, you know when 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 we are in the below the line level of pride, uh, there is always somebody they, that has to lose in order for us to win. There has to be somebody that is worse off than we are so that we can feel better it, uh, it really is about uh, comparison and uh, and the level of frustration it 's about um, um, us coming out on top, um, and it's sort of like all is uh, all is allowed in what do they say? All is allowed in war and love. All well, fair in love and all fair in love and war. Yeah, yes, yeah and I makes, and yes. if you want to know more about the neuroscience of the seven levels, um, you know we just look at the seven levels, not David Hawkins' levels. Um, more big picture for you. You can go on our website and download our ebook. Um, I think it's $15, and we really look at the neuroscience behind each one. And one of the things that occurs at this level of frustration because of the energy of pride is there can be some dopamine that comes in where we feel better when we feel like we're the one that won. When we, you know, yeah. when we crushed someone, it can really kick up our feelings of status. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this can be a very addictive level, and you see a lot of people you know, running their lives from this level of frustration and pride. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, while we're on the subject of uh, below-the-line levels and below-the-line neuroscience, um, why don't you say a little bit about what happens neuroscientifically um, in, in, in fear and hopelessness? 
Well, you get a lot in, in the in the below-the-line levels. You're going to get an increase in chemicals that are really associated with fight or flight. And one of the things we notice about people who are living in fear or living in the in any one of these is that they they can have sort of a um, a systemic uh, nervousness, systemic like all the time they've got stress chemicals that are running through their body, which is tremendously um, difficult and toxic for health and also puts your brain in a state where it's not as well focused. So you can start seeing that there's a real correlation there between effectiveness. If I've got these stress chemicals going through me, I'm just not as, I'm not as able to um, focus on what I want in my life or make positive changes or um, inhibit my emotional reactions, things like that. It's more like a, um, the state of fight or flight is we're, we're constantly at risk for that. And if you've ever been around someone who f- you feel like they kind of lived more below the line, which is a judgment that none of us are really qualified to really make, but you kind of have that sense, one of the, 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 the things you'll see is it feels like you don't know when they're going to flip their lid. And it mm-hmm. could be that they, if they're in frustration, they're, what they're going to do is they're going to go offline, they're going to get you know, a little bit of fight or flight, and what they'll do is try to get you. If they're in um, shame, there might, something will trigger them, and that what they'll do is go really get hard on themselves. You know, so that's yeah. the, the impact it'll have, and then in fear, they'll they'll try to they'll try to either they'll go to chaos where they just become sort of discombobulated, or they're going to try to control everything. They'll go to rigidity. Um, it's great, and it's, uh, I love the the way you put the the neuroscience in here. Um, and I want to say to our listeners. The words that Ennis just used give you um, um, it gives you sort of a heads up what you need to listen for and how you can hear these levels um, how they speak they have very much their own language the language of mm. frustration um, and the language of fear the language of hopelessness is really distinct so if you want to know where a person is you just need to listen to the language it will tell yeah. you it will what people will tell you all the time where they are. And they may not be there permanently, but at least they're there in that moment. At that moment, um, yeah. At that moment. So we're going to go above the line. And Ursula, what are the four? What are the four be above above the line levels? Our four above the line levels are courage, engagement, followed by innovation, and lastly, synchronicity. Uh-huh. So courage is the first above the line level. So right after frustration, um, and, and we call it above the line and below the line because we hold courage as the line that uh, we step over, we move over into the highest uh, levels, and it always requires courage. Yeah, that's beautifully said. And so there's a real energy shift. You go from being life go from you being a, a life-diminishing person or your actions that are below the line, and we all do them, myself included, have below-the-line reactions, et cetera. They take energy from life. And at 200, we make the shift where our actions contribute energy to life. You're either taking or contributing. There's no neutral. So the David Hawkins <laughs> levels, isn't that good? That's very good. I love that. It's like either or. You know, don't exactly. pretend it's anything else. <laughs> so at, cur- 
courage, what we're looking at in the David Hawkins levels would be the it goes 200 to 250, and we have courage and neutrality. Mm-hmm. So we have this level where things become possible. Um, you know, he says, I love this line, obstacles that defeat people whose consciousness is below 200 act as stimulants to those who have evolved into the first level of true power. Mm-hmm. That That's great? really cool. I had I had forgotten about that, and I think that uh, I see some of that in organizations where mm. you know unless you're you know unless you're mad, you're not anything, and and, and you know using yeah. that level of frustration as a motivator. And I so I love this uh, this this line uh, from his book. Um, really, that's amazing. You know, and I want to share something here, too. And so the edition of Power Versus Force that I have is from 2002, so it is, you know, 12 years old. But I want to read you this. The collective level of consciousness of mankind remained at 190 for many centuries and curiously only jumped to its current level of 2007, 2007, I'm sorry, 207 within the last decade. And I think that was as of probably 20 years ago, because this was originally published in 1995. So he's saying our collective consciousness of the world of humankind is only barely above the line. Yeah, it's really astonishing and that it's really been happening in the uh, in the last uh, 20 years, which is sort of post uh, post certainly World War Two, and also yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, development in the world, uh, particularly on the on the human transformation side, yeah. that includes coaching that has made this possible. Just a little bit of a side note, and I don't know what uh, there is a on his uh, publishing website. There is a link Power versus Force Authors Official Revised Edition. So I don't know if your edition is the revised edition already, or whether there's actually a newer one there might be a newer one because some of that some of these numbers like of where humanity is does change i want to say mm-hmm. something about neutr- neutrality because i'm just i'm so fascinated by it it's such a powerful level and he says we let go of some of our positionality and mm-hmm. and this is where people become safe so even more so than in courage but at the upper ends of the level of courage we we really don't it's you can still have your opinion but i think about you know my example of this is i think about a you know a family maybe a very religious family in small town america and a gay couple moves in next door a person in the level of neutrality would say you know what it's not my choice but it's their choice and that's okay mhm yeah whereas yeah. below the line they may want to you know get them or or even harm them the lower you are but in neutrality you can accept he uses the example, a person can say, well, if I don't get this job, then I'll get another. So that's a very mm-hmm. neutral, you're, you're, and that's why you can see there's a lot more effectiveness there to not become so committed to your judgment of things. Mm-hmm. And I would say that uh, sort of uh, you were talking about the levels uh, having levels in between in in the levels that neutrality, um, as far as uh, I see it, uh, on our um, in our seven levels module, neutrality is at the upper edge of courage, and then there is courage. Yes. 
Exactly. This right. is the upper edge. Because this neutrality yep. leads us into the level of engagement. And yes. our level of engagement has David Hawkins' two levels, goes from 310 to 350, willingness and acceptance. And yes. I love this statement. At the neutral level, jobs are done adequately. But at the level of willingness, work is done well. And success in all endeavors is common. So when Ursula and I are out and we're using the seven levels as an organizational development tool, what we really want is for people to get to the level of engagement, which again in David Hawkins is willingness and acceptance. It's powerful. Things happen here. These are good levels. Yeah, I want to quickly read to our listeners uh, our definition of the level of engagement. And again, if you go to our website, Be Above Leadership, um, there is a, uh, when you sign up for our newsletter, you will actually receive um, a little uh, a mini chart that explains and has a definition for each of the levels. But building on what you are saying, engage, engagement, we are saying the desire to bring value, to be a contributor, Basic enjoyment of the enterprise focus on assets and strengths rather than limitation and detriments. And for me, that focus on strengths rather than limitations really is the, is the switch. Yeah, I think that's great. That's great. This is a, this is a powerful level and um, really feels good when you're here. Things get done. People, um, people see things and in, in, see the value of things. And it leads us to our level six, which we call innovation. And it only includes one of David Hawkins' levels, which is his level at 400 of reason. Mm -hmm. And this is, he says, intelligence and rationality rise to the forefront when the emotionalism of the lower levels is transcended. That does not mean that emotions are suppressed in the level of innovation or what he calls reason. They're just transcended, included and transcended. And it's not emotions, but I really like this word, emotionalism. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. Good ahead. But by, when when we're done with uh, with the seven uh, with level seven, I want you to come back to that and uh, tell us a little bit uh, about neuroscience because again, for me, the neuroscience part was the uh, delivers the evidence, delivers the proof why this is so. Mm-hmm. It's the, um, um, the brain's ability to be, you know, our our physical body, including the the brain, of course, to be fully present without um, being uh, taken over by it. Right, and I will say this is a very interesting level. And as we talk about innovation, like in our classes, um, and I will come back and talk about the neuroscience of all the above the line levels. As we talk about innovation in our classes, you know, sometimes people are. We have certain people that will say, well, I really like engagement and I really like synchronicity, but I'm trying to be less. I don't want to be in my head and I want to be more in my heart. And so innovation, I really don't like that level. And we're sort of like, you know, there's a power here. There's a power to integrating this next step. There is a power to actually being able to say, looking at something and asking in the words of Byron Katie, is it true? Can I Mm -hmm. know that it's true? So when I think about, like, Byron Katie's The Work, that really calibrates at level six and seven, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. in our model, 
Because there's a, if you are the sort of person who can say, hang on, am I making this up? Am I lost in an overwhelm of emotion around this? What's actually the truth? That is powerfully effective. It doesn't mean that that's the only thing that's important because we're including all of the rest of it as we go. Yeah, and, and, and one uh, other quick addition to innovation, I think that uh, when we sit together at the table, be it in, uh, you know, personally or in a meeting, and we can truly, without emotionalism, uh, listen to a comment or a, a piece of evidence that somebody delivers to us proving us wrong and not react to that, but mm. lean forward mm. with, uh, mm. uh, with curiosity and say, really? My God, mm. I believed this and I thought this was true and you were telling me it's not well tested me more well i'm telling you that's not easy to do it's it's oh really this is a very high and powerful level i really love that example it makes me think i was leading a, a pod call for um my uh, the coaches training institute in basic coach training in the certification and a, one of the women and she's so it was so inspiring she was talking about um getting feedback on her coaching and she said you know i really picked this perspective that you know i am an open invitation for feedback i'm like i really want to learn and i stood in that perspective like bring it on because i really want to hear what i'm doing she said it was so different and i got such good information rather than you know feeling mm-hmm. um you know immediately going into this place that might be a little bit of fight or flight where it feels you know, the perspective we have is it's personal and they don't like me and all of that. She was able to intentionally stand in this field of reason and got great information and was feeling very (laughs) full instead of depleted out of getting Mm -hmm. some tough feedback. And I thought that was really cool. That is very cool. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, exactly. So Great let's example. go to let's go to the last level. Let's go to synchronicity, oh, yeah. which synchronicity is just um, is a level everybody always, you know, wants to be. <laughs> um, synchronicity, it's our level seven. David Hawkins, we would include his level five hundred to five forty to six hundred, which is love, joy, and peace. So this is the upper levels now. For David Hawkins, he would go on and there would be enlightenment past this. We don't include enlightenment in the seven levels because um, what we're looking at is levels that we believe all human beings can touch and access. Even if it's just for a moment in synchronicity, you might not be able to live there. Most human beings, by the way, we, we always crack up a little bit when people say, oh, you know, I met this wonderful person, they live in synchronicity because we don't really think very many people actually really truly do live there so no and i haven't met anybody rare i have not met anybody and you know i i was one of my and my bucket list is to meet the dalai lama because i hope i it is my is my vision my intention that i briefly <laughs> see it there yeah. <laughs> and that's probably the only person i know so we, we do have these moments but in one of david hawkins books he talks about like what percentage of the population and this is such a you know to really be um in living in love joy and peace it's a very very small percentage and and again there's levels within the levels and so love and then there's unconditional love and then there's really truly um at the highest level peace so um it there's quite a bit there i'm just looking to see if there's anything i want to i want to read from here um uh 
we start at, at the beginning, at the lower levels of our synchronicity. We start with the possibility of developing this love that's unconditional, and that's the kind of love that we're looking at. And then at the upper levels, um, there's a merging of individual will merging with divine will. And so he says the level of peace, what we would call the upper level of synchronicity, um, mm-hmm. is only one in ten million people. So that'd be oh, the yeah. upper level. Good. Good luck to all of us. <laughs> yeah. And the lower level, um, I, I'm looking to see if I can actually come up with a number, the number of people at the at maybe at the lower level of synchronicity. I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's quite, anyway. a, bit, quite a bit of range yeah. there. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit the about the brain then. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, we, you know, there's a number of things in the in one of my favorite quotes is from William Allman who said, the brain is a monstrous, beautiful mess. So there's a lot to understand here. It's very subtle. Every time I talk about it, of course, I leave something key out because there's just, you know, we do a, we do a four-module series on basically which is the neuroscience of the seven levels and coaching. Um, And it takes us 12 days to actually adequately explain what is going on in the brain at all the different levels. So it is that. And and we're not, you know, that's, we're not even tapping into everything that that we really could. So, you know, that being said, what we find at the upper levels is that the brain becomes um, less and less dominated by the reactive chemicals. The, the, the water mm-hmm. gets purer, gets cleaner, so less and less mm-hmm. dominance there. Um, we also find that the brain becomes more integrated in many critical ways. And so there's um, the right and left hemisphere integration, there's integration of the body information with the higher brain, and there's interve- you know, integration in many different ways. Dan Siegel talks about nine different ways that our brain can be integrated, and I think probably at the highest levels of effectiveness, what you're looking at is the brain literally having neural connections in these nine different ways of integration. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, biochemically, we get more things like serotonin and oxytocin. We get less inflammation. All of these put the brain in a state where it's clearer, more mm-hmm. able to both, you know, as we, in, as we increase at the lower level, at the, you know, levels of like courage and engagement, and even through innovation, what you get is clearer thinking, you get more ability for the human being to actually process in the brain in a helpful way. While mm-hmm. we're creating this kind of integration and while we're creating this, these, you know, this better balance of chemicals, what we're creating is a more finely tuned radio receiver, in my opinion, which then mm-hmm. at the level of synchronicity leaves us more open to tapping into consciousness that is beyond our own creation. And what's required for that really is a well-integrated brain because we need to be in a state of, uh, of relaxation and ease and quietness and stillness so that uh, we can access um, not only new information, which would be most likely at the level of innovation, but where we can really tap into um, some of the knowing that is not of our own knowing. Right. And so... 
Um, this is the place where you know there's lots of controversy and talk about where is consciousness, how do you find consciousness, where is it in the brain, where is self-awareness, all of that. That what what we've really come to it be above is there's an interplay, there's a system where the brain does need to be in a certain state. But what we're looking at in terms of this love, joy, and peace, this field of synchronicity, this field of where we enter more and more into a sense of true oneness as a lived reality, not just an idea, that that, that is happening beyond us. But it will mm-hmm. not happen if our brain and our body are not in a state of being able to receive it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, well, and, and so uh, I just uh, that was a wild romp uh, through David Hawkins, and in uh, and I feel it's a sort of a little bit of a, um, it's a it's a this this radio show is a little bit of a testament to him. It's a it's an applause, a uh, deep, yeah. deeply off, deeply gratefully offered um, thank you to to his research, to his books, and to his inspiration. Now, uh, after this uh, this wild romp, uh, what I what I do want to say is that uh, in our work, we really. So I'm assuming that now that you've listened to us for an hour about all this, you are saying to yourself and others, okay, this is all nice and well, but how do I go from frustration to courage mm. and from courage mm. to engagement? Do mm. I just, you know, t- take a big, big pole and jump? Um, mm. So what I want to say is that um, we, in our work, certainly um, offer about 34 tools, that is, over the course of the four modules to help people be present to shift uh, to a different level, to have more brain integration, to have more presence, to have less uh, fight, flight, and freeze, and more um, access um, to clarity, to focus, and empathy. So they, we have tools now. Um, we in our radio shows we we very often uh, offer different tools uh, in our monthly calls, and of course. Uh, I want to encourage you to download our ebook, which will give you some information on the neuroscience of each level, the, the language that you're listening to and the language that each level speaks, which might be very helpful. Um, yeah, otherwise, I think that, that's really... Yeah, go that's, ahead. That's, well, that's well said, and that's the, the place where we feel like we sort of picked up the baton from Dr. David Hawkins. We also found, I mean, there were years where we just went out and shared his his map of consciousness trademarked um and what we found also was that his 17 levels it's just a little bit more challenging for the human brain to understand them and so we began working with um a different model which is seven which is just so much more easy for people to get a sense of and it's really um enough and you know since our original development of that we've been able to refine and they've really taken on a life of their own and our own understanding where we've been able to bring some other learning in from other great thinkers like Ken Wilber, Spiral Dynamics, um, people like that. But we would not Mm -hmm. be where we are at all without David Hawkins. The way that we Mm -hmm. hold it is that consciousness is really what we're all up to, effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we're doing here on this planet. We are here to raise our consciousness one person calibrating at 300 compensates for thousands calibrating below the line. 
So, you know, one of my big takeaways in all of this when I first read David Hawkins was my job is to live from love. That is what contributes to the consciousness of this planet. If I'm doing something that I think, you know, is important, but I'm doing it from fear, frustration, or shame, it will not contribute to a better world. So, yeah, I I really love that. Uh, uh, it's really, uh, uh, really who you are being changes the world, not by what you're doing, but energetically um, who you are being. That actually, that actually does change the world. And of course, you know, from that that beingness, we take action. You know, and yes. action taken from frustration looks very different than action taken from engagement. Yeah, there's a wonderful quote by Rumi that maybe I'll just leave us all with. Is He says, yes. um, if you're not fully with us, you're doing terrible harm. And I really love to think about whatever I do, I want to do it wholeheartedly because people will feel the energy if I don't. And we actually have the neuroscience explanation as to why and how that is. Yeah. That's for another time. <laughs> That's for another time. So thank you all very much for listening. Go to our website, beaboveleadership.com. Explore it. Um, sign up for our newsletter so that you get the seven levels chart and like us on Facebook. <laughs> yes, please. We need more likes on Facebook. And if you're interested in... In learning about any of these tools, we've got a class starting in Toronto. We'll be in San Francisco in the fall. We're at the Midwest ICF Conference. I'm speaking in Brazil. We're everywhere. Oh, we're going to be in Barcelona in the fall. So, you know, go to our website and come and find us and come and play with it. It is the best fun you'll ever have. Yes, it is. Thank you, dear, for being with me this morning. I know you'll have another call. So thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.